Coming up on tonight's episode, we begin with the many secrets of Miami and a brilliant new idea for a card game. Then we get into the week's tech news, including what Amazon's departure means for the Big Apple, why a gadget testing service may not be worth it, and the future of foldable phones. Stick around, it starts right now. This is Don't Panic, episode number 233, recorded February 25th, 2019. Know when to fold them. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Don't Panic, the technology podcast on gadgets, the internet, you, other things. We'll talk about them. I'm Sean Jennings, joined as always by Dan Miller. Joined as usual. Four out of five dentists would definitely take on Dan Miller as a patient. The fifth guy, not very smart. He's missing out. No, the fifth guy and I, we had a falling out. Oh, Uh, no. (gasps) That's tragic. Yeah. Just couldn't get that fifth dentist. No, you know, you can't win them all. No? Um, in dentists, they're uh, a particular bunch. They're exacting. And uh, I, I like, I'm a kind of freewheeling guy. I like to, I like to keep it like, like to keep it loose. I don't like to be locked down. So that wow. dentist. You have dentist commitment issues. No, no, no. I just like to speak in generalities. Oh. You know, I like to like extemporize without getting into specifics and because you know i can convince a lot of dentists to go along with that but not that guy nope he's kind of a dick <laughs> uh, unfortunately dan what is going on sir oh man uh, we weren't here last week or the week and before I, and i wasn't here the week before that i think yeah i don't think we did an episode that week i think we're two weeks since our last episode okay gosh i went to miami <gasps> Miami, uh, the city where the heat is on all night on the beach till the break of dawn. Miami. Yep, that's the place. Oh my goodness. There, I can get into some fun Miami facts. Oh my, I would love nothing more. One, there are lots of cats in Miami. Okay. Just, you know, stray cats. Are they known the for that? the beach areas. Well, I don't think they're as known for that as they are for like yachts and shopping. And, and ladies beaches. in bikinis, yeah. Right, but... They, it, if you've ever gone to, you would notice the cats for sure. Okay. Number two, number two, uh, Hasidic Jewish people all over the place in this very tropical climate, which is something I think about in New York all the time. Cause they're also, depending on where you are in New York, they're, they're frequently seen on the, the 120 degree subways in August. Um, they must have some fabric technology going on there, but, but here's the cool part. Uh, all as a result, all of the resorts and hotels, and it's a literal Canyon, by the way, of resorts and hotels, that one road that goes down the beach. Yep. Uh, you can't see the beach at all and like, nor can you see anything to your left. It's crazy. Um, all the... Elevator, elevators. All of the hotels have those uh, the the special elevators that do not need to be operated, so that they can be used on Sunday without technically telling someone to do work. Huh. Uh, and they just go up and down. They stop at every floor. That is legitimately fascinating. Yeah. Yeah, I like um, that. Let's see. I I shared an elevator with David Crosby while I was there. Okay, that's pretty cool. Uh, that was pretty cool. Um, I think. Oh, oh, here, okay. Here's the funny story. So, <laughs> um, this is a music festival, and it goes on from 12:30 p.m. to 10 p.m. on the beach mm-hmm. on this like beach venue, and then it continues in a hotel that's you know about a half hour walk away. So, it's not the most fun thing to walk. Um, so I was like, you know what? Oh, and the, and the, the hotel shows go from 1130 PM to late was all it said on the thing. <laughs> okay. Um, so, yeah, but the, the last one starts at, I think the last one started at two thirty, if I recall, um, too late. And so I was like, I'll get a room in the hotel where these shows are. And then like, I can go to as many late night shows as I want. And then I can knock off, uh, when I get tired. Smart. And I don't have to, you know, walk somewhere or get a cab or, uh, but what was not 
So the the uh, the risk that I did not take into that calculus was the risk that our hotel room would be directly above where the music is in the hotel, which it was. Um, so I saw all of the shows. I saw every single show that they put on there because I was like, well, we could sit here and not sleep and listen to muffled music, loud muffled music, or we could just go downstairs one flight and listen to Might as unmuffled well. loud music, which will probably help us <laughs> stay awake. So that's what we did. Wow. Uh, so, wow. Any any particularly great acts? There's this one band called like, I mean, I could pick them. I didn't. Um, da, 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 da. The New York Gypsy All Stars, which is it's kind of like, uh, like Eastern European jam band slash like a little. It sometimes sounds like Bollywood music. It was a lot of fun. It was some of the most fun music to listen to. Uh, New York Gypsy All-Stars. Uh, I also really liked Ghost Note, mm-hmm. which is basically uh, a couple of people plus everyone who is in Prince's last band. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, they were incredible. So those are my two standouts. Um, other than that, I've been working. I've been thinking a lot about board games. Okay. Uh, are you a board game fan, Sean? Uh, you know, Dan, it's funny. I, I do like board games. I don't play them very often, but you know, my my enjoyment of board games is more traditional. Your your mm. Hasbro, Milton Bradley sort of Parker <laughs> Brothers uh, type games. Uh, I these sort of more modern. I haven't really played any of the modern. I played, like I said, and and you know this, I played Settlers Catan for the first time a few months ago. So uh, most of the sort of new games are very unfamiliar. Okay. Didn't you and Matt have an up for debate episode where you tried to come up with a board game oh, that was a, a non-mitigated our worst disaster? episode. Our absolute worst. <laughs> because it turns out it's very hard to do, uh, especially over, uh, you know, over Skype in under an hour. Okay, so let me help you out because I've been thinking all weekend about my idea for a board game. All right. But it might involve introducing you to a couple concepts. Oh, no, I hate new concepts. Board games. Oh, no. Concept number one is a deck building game. And okay. I'll, I'll come back to this in my pick. A deck building game is you start with some cards. The cards, you play them and they do things. Mm-hmm. But as, you, as the game progresses, you have the opportunity to pick up new cards that are usually better. Um, okay. And you also, sometimes depending on that game, have the opportunity to remove cards from your deck. Because the fewer cards you have, the more likely you are to draw the cards that are remaining. Okay, yeah. Um, I'm with you. That's concept number one. Concept number two are these like cooperative board games where you're not playing against each other. There's some sort of system that is causing things to happen on the board and you mm-hmm. need to progress to a, uh, a place or cause something to happen as a team so you all have to work together. Okay, yeah. Combine these two ideas. Oh, wait, no, there's a third concept. Third concept, which are legacy board games. Mm-hmm. You know how like most board games you play at once? And then you're done, and then you can play it again. You start from the same spot, but the game might be slightly different. Yeah. Legacy board games are you play it once, and then you play it again with the same group of people, and the things that happen in the first game carry over into the second game. Okay, yeah. So your choices matter. Okay, combine all three of these things. You have each person has a deck of cards that you are building over the over the course of many games. Okay. Permanently. Yeah. Uh, so your choices really matter you can get rid of cards but both are really expensive so you'll be facing these choices of like well do i want to get this new awesome card or do do i want to ditch this card that's no longer useful because the scenarios will keep changing your Mm -hmm. deck will have to evolve and it's cooperative so you're working together to try to try to achieve something that's my big brilliant idea i don't know how the game would what would the cards would be what like the setting would be all all that i have yet to figure out i like it I do too. I like it. I think that sounds fun. I like, uh, you know, obviously party games are very popular and, and cooperative games are very, uh, people want to play together, I think, in yeah. gaming these days. And so I think that's a fun element to bring in. Um, I, I'm, I'm on board. Yeah, we need to start the Don't Panic board game company. I, the do- <laughs> oh, no, we don't. No, we Come don't. On. No. We've got the Snoomba. 
No, so many bad ideas. We've got some other stuff, I'm pretty sure. Our the shower cleaning robot. You know, it's what is it? Uh, ben and Jerry's up in Vermont has their famous graveyard of discontinued flavors. We've got our <laughs> our graveyard of bad don't panic ideas. This is a good one, Dan. Save it, please. Give it, give it life. I will, I will savor it. No, but I no, but I think that sounds that sounds fun. I've never I've never thought about like actually trying to create a game. I feel like it's one of those things that looks really easy, but is truly very difficult. Because usually I think it's easy to start. Well, I think I think coming up with the sort of the concept is easy, but the actual mechanics are difficult. Because anytime I've tr- I've written a murder mystery party before, which I know is not quite the same thing, but you're you're in that line, yeah. and I've you know even even writing trivia questions, which I've also done, it's like it's very hard to gauge how difficult or how easy something should be, um, and you've got to play test it with a lot of people. It's very it's very hard. There's a reason why not yeah. everyone does it. Yeah, I think the play testing would be where I would seriously lose interest. Yeah. Yeah, very repetitive, and uh, yeah, I think it's great. I think it made a great app. Yeah, there's be- something about a board game. I know, but it's also gonna, especially if you're going to be playing cooperatively. I feel like you really want it to be a board game. But I think about a game like Hearthstone or something like that. Oh, okay. So now we're combining four ideas. Well, I like this. You know, again, and you want to take something that's very successful and piggyback on it. Agreed. That's how all good ideas happen. <laughs> and you stand on the shoulder of giants. I, th- I think you could sneak in there and use that sort of, you know, people feel very comfortable playing remotely with card decks. They build over time. Hearthstone, a game I, game I played about six times and then got bored with. <laughs> I'm definitely not your your demo audience. That's for sure. Well, but I wish you luck. Thanks. Should we talk about some news? Do you, unless you have any other uh, extracurricular topics? No, like I said, I went to the RV show, the the Springfield camping and RV show. And, and I, this was just for funsies. Just for funsies. Just for you know, it's when you live five minutes from a giant expo center. You know, yeah. it's fun because you can just the the model train show is next month. I think I'm going to go. I believe I've been to that model train. show. I'm told I, it's I, a great model train show. I've actually never been, which is shocking. So ooh, you should go. Um, I, I just might. Uh, and they do all kinds of great the the home show and, and all sorts of stuff. But it's the RV show used to go when I was a kid. Um, it was always a lot of fun. And Dan, talk about technology. You should see these damn RVs they got now. They're like the damn space shuttle. <laughs> they got like controlled color effect lighting and they've got like tvs bigger than the ones in your house and they've got all everything's all app connected and so you can like you know adjust the blinds are all everything's app connected in the rv it's crazy it's a smart rv it is it really is it's it's bizarre i would they now, got touch screens one and, of them can i look one of these up uh, oh my no they all have such generic forgettable okay. names they're all like the 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 prowler and the <laughs> and and the 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 Solara and you know just very nonsense marketing names, but they're great and they're all very expensive and they're all very large. But mm-hmm. you know they're they're nicer than my, they got kitchen islands and massage chairs and I mean it's it's absolutely buck wild what they put in RVs now. That's that's cool. They've got Wi-Fi and they've got satellite TV and your hotel isn't as nice as these RVs. Uh, it's absolutely great. And, uh, and you've gone RV camping? I have. As a, as, a, as a child, my family owned a small, not a large one, a small trailer. Uh, um, and so we used to go every summer. And, and you enjoyed that? Um, yeah, I did. I did. <laughs> Certainly more than, you know, like tenting in the middle of nowhere. You know, the great thing about RVing is it's not just that uh, you have an RV, but the RV, you know, you can't take an RV anywhere, right? You can only take it right. to places that take RVs, and those places are usually nice and paved and have pools and are essentially resorts. Um, the, we used to go to a place up in Canada that was so big you had to rent a golf cart to drive around the place because it was so big. You would take the RV to Canada. Yeah, absolutely we would. The Niagara wow. Falls, baby. <laughs> Beautiful. Um, yeah, we, we, we had a blast in that thing. It's I fun. learned a fun fact. Yeah. Um, speaking of Canada, you know, we don't have to worry about this. If you're American, you can go to Canada, no problem, you know, 
land, sea, or air. Yeah. If you're depending on where else you're from, like say the UK, you need to get a. It's not a visa. It's this other thing, some sort of document, if you want to fly into Canada. Hmm. But you do not need that if you drive into Canada. Uh, and I had a friend who was going skiing in Canada and failed to even think that he would need this. And he lives in the U.S., but is technically a U.K. citizen. Mm. Uh, and so <laughs> instead of flying from New York to uh, Vancouver, he flew from New York to Seattle and got on a bus <laughs> to, awesome. to Vancouver and then a bus to the resort. And it worked. But that doesn't make uh, any sense because doesn't the UK still own Canada or something like that? That he was very offended. He's like, "Your my queen is on your money." Yeah, I, <laughs> that seems very unfair. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what's going on there. They, they're odd up there. We love Canada. It seems like a very rude thing for a Canadian to do, but yeah, very out of character. But you know, they're sassy up there. Um. Yeah, and we can talk about some news. There's not a lot of news this week. There's some in here, but you know, we'll we'll find some stuff to talk about. Is there any right. any particular items you'd like to start with? Hmm. We didn't end up with any Oscars stories on here somehow. No, did you watch the Oscars? No. I didn't either. Wow. Did you Sean, watch I feel any like that's that's your that's it's, right in your wheelhouse. It's really not. It's really not, because I used to, and then it was like the movies have got did you see any of the Oscar movies? Well, I I mean, I saw Black, Black Panther. Black Panther, sure. I saw Spider-Man to the Spider-Verse. Okay. And I think that was the, the only two movies I saw that got nominated. Yeah, and that's, I think, the problem is that the movie, like last year when it was Shape of Water, I had actually seen it, enjoyed it, had something to root for. And this year it's like Roma didn't see it, Green Book didn't see it, The Favorite didn't see it. Like none of these... None of these big movies. I Black Klansman hadn't seen it, uh, so it it was kind of a swing and a miss. Uh, I just didn't actually. What I did do is I started watching James Bond films for our big James Bond event coming up on Up for Debate next month. Ooh, yes, Shaken, not stirred. Six decades of James Bond in film is the working <laughs> title, and uh, it's going to be great. We're going to watch all twenty four James Bond films and talk about them. And I have seen oh like God. three of them. I have not seen like any of them, so it's all new to me. Um, are you a big fan of the James Bond films? Uh so I had a professor who was a big fan of the James Bond films. Would go to premieres somehow. Wow. Um, had photos with like actors and stuff. So. I have to say no, that I'm not, like, knowing that, I'm not that big of a fan. I also, I don't think I've seen all of even the recent ones. Because um, there are three, there are three, uh, what's his name ones, right? Daniel Craig? There's, Daniel Craig uh, ones? Oh, there's four now. I think I only saw two. So, so pro- probably no. I was safe to say I'm not a big James Bond fan. I if, if you would invite me to go see a James Bond movie, I would go. If you were like, hey, Dan, let's watch a James Bond movie, I'd, I'd watch it. Uh, but I haven't gone out of my way. Not a big fan. Okay. That's fine. That's, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to discover if I'm a fan. So that'll, that'll be part <laughs> of the process. Have you watched any James Bond movies? I had seen, going into this little experiment, I had seen, I think, two of the Pierce Brosnan, the, two, the later two Pierce Brosnan ones, which are not great. Yeah. Um, and I had seen... Like you, I think two of the Daniel Craig. I had seen none of the Sean Connery, none of the Roger Moore, none of the classic Bonds, um, nothing from the 60s or the 70s or the 80s. Um, so those will all be new, which would be fun. I just started with Dr. No the yeah, other so. night. That's a classic, right? Uh, it wasn't bad. I actually, I, I was surprised. I thought I wasn't going to like it, but I actually did. I enjoyed it. It's not... It's a slow movie, but movies back then were slower. So, you know, not a sort of high-paced action. It's a little more like actual spy work and less stunts, which is kind of what the later movies became, I think, a little bit. So, overall enjoyable. Okay, uh, so I was on the... I googled 2019 Oscar nominees to see if I had seen any others. Yeah. I end up on this website, oscar.go.com slash nominees. Yeah. And I'm like... What is go.com? You don't know about go.com? No. And now my mind is being blown. Let yeah. me 
You know about Go.com? I know about Go.com. Let me tell you about the listeners. Here's what I see. Break it down. Shop Disney. Disney Consumer Products. Disney Baby. Disney Interactive Mobile Games. ABC News. Disney Parks. ABC ESPN. Disney Family. 538. The Undefeated. Marvel. I didn't know Disney owns 538. Uh, ABC News owns 538, which is owned by ABC, which is owned by Disney. Oh, my God. Yeah, well, actually, well, the funny thing is, uh, 538 used to be owned by ESPN, who sold it to ABC News, which is odd because they're both owned by Disney. So go figure. Is Disney Plus their streaming service? Yeah. Yeah, it hasn't launched yet, but it will be. And click keep me updated and nothing happens. So that's cool. Yep. No, Go.com was um, back in. Oh, my Disney. Back in. What is this? Oh, my Disney. I think, isn't that like a limited run social network? Maybe I'm mistaken. It looks like BuzzFeed for Disney stuff only. Yeah. Oh, my Disney.com. Goodness gracious. Books. Books Books.disney.com. Okay. I got 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 distracted. Yeah. Go.com was their... They launched it uh, as an internet portal. It was supposed to compete with Yahoo back in the day. Um, in, in 98, 99, and then just never became a thing. But for some reason, even all these years later, all their domains are blank.go.com, which is insane. short domain. I mean, it is, but nobody types it. Everyone just does Disney.com or whatever, you know, it's just, it's weird that they still redirect to that. So go figure. Um, anyhow. Anyways, what were we talking about? We were talking about the news. Yes. What about the news? Um, Huey Lewis in the news. Yeah, let's talk. Let's end with the first story. And so let's start with Samsung giving up on Blu-ray. Samsung quits making new Blu-ray players? Yeah, isn't that something? That Uh, is something. It is. The... So, uh, Samsung is no longer introducing new Blu-ray or 4K Blu-ray player models in the U.S. market moving forward, according to a Samsung spokesperson. Um, That may mean they could continue to produce existing models for some amount of time um, or introduce new ones outside the U.S. There just won't be any new ones within the U.S. Um, uh, It says here, according to this Nielsen report, Uh, Only uh, 66% of TV-watching households even own a DVD or Blu-ray player now compared to 72% in 2017, and that the average U.S. adult spends just five minutes a day on average using a Blu-ray or DVD player. It's on average. So, you know, there's (laughs) one guy who watches it 24 hours a day and then a million people who don't. Uh, But that's the least of any screen activity they measured. um, Even Look at this graph. This graph is great. Um, you can compare it, what I say, about five minutes a day. Your average person spends one hour and 45 minutes a day listening to the radio. I, is that counting podcasts? I would be I shocked if it does. Car drivers. But yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. And like yeah. old people at home who listen to the radio. I, I, you know, right. again, this is kind of a an aggressive blend, I'm sure. <laughs> that's, the, that's my favorite Starbucks coffee, the aggressive blend. Uh, the aggressive blend, yeah. Yeah, that'll really keep you up. You know what this graph is reminding me of, Sean? Did you see that animation that was going around on Twitter of the top 10 most valuable brands over the past 10 years? I mean, I think it was the past 10 years. Yep. That was an an infographic. I felt so... I was was infotained. I was edutained. The great thing is the first place I saw that was LinkedIn, which is like... The Holy Grail. It was like the Holy Grail on there. It was like, hey, that's where that's where all the cool memes start is on LinkedIn. People go, oh my, don't even get me started on LinkedIn. I go off. Well, a whole no, 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 tell me, tell Fuck me. LinkedIn. I, I I've had to, to spend more time on LinkedIn in the past two months than I have in the past eight years that I've been on LinkedIn. It's it's. I have so many longer. problems I've with been on LinkedIn, LinkedIn for longer than that. LinkedIn, for starters, has one of the worst algorithms of any social network. People give crap to the Facebook news feed and to Twitter. LinkedIn's algorithm is insane with the things that they show you and don't show you and the stuff that they float in there. Then they also encourage people to share the most vapid, useless content. They introduced this new feature, Dan, and you, you probably don't know about it because you don't have a company page that you manage, but they encourage, they literally have a, a what, what do they call it? It's like content finder or something like that. And they literally have a database of stupid bullshit 
that you can search through and automatically post to your page. They literally, Is that the thing where where it sends me an email like, "Hey, your your colleague um, Mark was mentioning the news." Yeah, it's. It, it's just the way that they encourage people to share stuff on there is crazy because it's like we want you to sh to share the least useful stuff, the least relevant stuff. Like, oh, here's an article about how, oh, about like you said, the, the the infographic with the brand stuff. It's like, oh, you should share this. And I'm like, why? Why do you want me to share that? It's it's very odd. It's very odd. I don't care for it. So, I mean, I'm sure it drives their their uh, engagement metrics up. I mean, it must, but, like, for who? Like, at least on Facebook, you're posting something as my friend that's theoretically relevant to me, right? Or I'm following you on Twitter because you're posting stuff that's relevant to you. But they're serving you up stuff that has nothing to do with you. It's stuff that you think your followers would want to see, but they don't. So, I, it just, it doesn't... Ugh. Ugh. I hate LinkedIn so much. Yep. Anyway, Dan, do you own a do you own a DVD player? Do you own a Blu-ray player? Uh, in my in my PS4, um, I recently used it over the winter break to watch Lord of the Rings. Okay. But uh, probably the last the time I had used it before that was probably to watch Lord of the Rings two years ago. So. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I have a Blu-ray player and I like it and it works. You know the thing. The thing that's interesting to me is that more about 4K content, I find most like new first run movies when they eventually come out on on demand are hard to find in 4K. They don't put a lot of them out in 4K on streaming. And yeah. I thought that they were going to it was the same way back with HD and I thought, "Oh, at least if you want to get the 4K experience, you can do 4K Blu-rays." And so I wonder if if the slow reduction of discs means an increase in 4K streaming options. I don't know. To me, that's a gap. I think traditional Blu-ray, yeah, I could see that going away because I don't really see the advantage of doing that versus streaming, which is, you know, basically any movie you can get on a Blu-ray, you can get streaming. It's in similar enough quality. Yeah. I. The 4K stuff we've talked about this probably pretty recently. I still don't. I still don't get it. I have. I see absolutely no reason to get a 4K TV. And frankly, lots of reasons not to. Because if you like, they seem to be a lot laggier. For instance, for like playing games and stuff, I've gone over, take my Switch over to people's houses who have 4K TVs, and it's like always just a little bit like muckier and i don't know if there's some setting on the tv i should be changing to like scale it better well you but, but then like there's no benefit like what do i get to do go on youtube and watch like a video of a frog once uh i'm gonna whoopee. i'm gonna challenge you first of all you played challenge your switch me. you played your switch on my 4k tv i actually don't remember that one being that bad no it's just i guarantee it's a setting thing they've got that weird frame rate thing turned on that makes everything looks like it's a soap opera um that i which i hate and like they, they shouldn't even have that feature but it i i genuinely feel it makes a difference because i watch netflix does have a lot of their especially their original stuff is all shot in 4k amazon too is shooting all their original stuff in 4k and it looks better it you can tell a difference now would i say run out and get a 4k tv now no, but if you're going to buy a new one, you might as well get the 4K because there is a difference. It does look better, especially the HDR stuff that's like shot. Like I was watching Kimmy Schmidt, which is like a show you're like, oh, it's just it's a show. They just shoot it. It's not like an action thing or a big set piece thing. It looks really good in 4K. The colors are really nice. It's really sharp. It is a better picture than HD. Is it necessary? No, but it is an improvement. It's it's an, you put them side by side. I swear I noticed the difference. So I th I think there's some value there, um, but it's just a question of are we going to ever see you know Netflix has incentive to get people you know to shoot their stuff in 4K, but is Hollywood ever gonna really get behind distributing their stuff digitally in 4K? Um, they they don't seem to be in a rush to do so. I try and rent you know oh I want to watch Aquaman or whatever on streaming and I go and it's not available in 4K. None of the Marvel stuff is ever available in 4K. 
Star Wars is Dude. available in 4K. Disney Plus. Well, that's that's the thing. Then it's going to be which of these services support it. I don't I don't know off the top of my head if Disney if they've said if Disney Plus is going to do 4K or not. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, so, okay, here's a question for you. <laughs> uh, oh, that's really funny. I switched I I put some of the keys on my keyboard upside down by accident. Um if when Disney Plus comes out, will you get it? Uh, it's going to depend on what's on it. They they've kind of hinted here and there what's going to be on it. I have to see a full list of mm-hmm. of what's included. Uh, my initial thought is no because I don't. There's nothing I want now that I don't already have. Like I have Hulu. I don't even really use my Hulu subscription that much that I have. Mm-hmm. Um, I really should cancel that at some point. I'd probably pick it up for a month or two just to try it. But I, again, I don't know what's. What's you know the new Star Wars series? Okay, the new Marvel series. Uh, okay, like I don't know. There, there's a ton of existing prestige streaming television I haven't already watched. I don't know why I would pay more money to not watch other content. Ah, uh, oh, the new the new True True Detective season was uh, something else. It was, it, good? it was good. It oh, was okay. good. It was good. Yeah, well, that's a it's true detective, so you know, could go could go either way. Right, right, right. right. I didn't even watch this the second season, but. Anyways, okay, yeah. If if the Star Wars show is good, I will pay for Disney Plus for the Star Wars show. Yeah, I think, and I think that's fair. And I think that's fair. That's uh, you know, I think well, that's... Yeah, while the Star Wars show is on, and I'll do like with HBO, where apparently the fall is my time where I don't pay for HBO. Uh, I mean, that's that's really that's your here's another great startup idea. Just a you know, a toggle system for all of these subscription services where it automatically subscribes and unsubscribes you with just a little, you just toggle them. Right. Or, or you could set like schedules. I want to watch Game of Thrones and True Detective. I, and I don't want to watch last week tonight. Therefore it'll calculate and say, like, Oh, okay. You only need, uh, HBO now from January to July. Yeah. And then it automatically signs you in and sends a push alert to your phone Hey, I, we just signed you up for HBO. The new episodes are available. Yeah, and then at the end, yeah. it's oh, you've watched all of them now, so we're we're unsubscribing you. These companies would hate cool. that. They'd hate it. Oh my god. Yeah. What a disaster for them that would be. I do. You know, I think we we tried to fight it, but I think uh, we're just right back in the the user experience of. Watching TV is worse, and it's just as expensive. Yep. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I, I don't. I don't disagree it used with that to be at all. Worse, but less expensive. Yeah, it's gonna. These services are. There's at least. Well, what are the uh, Disney Plus, Warner Media is doing their big one with uh, the CBS one. The CBS one. There's another. Uh, NBC is doing a big one. Uh, Comcast, NBC Universal is doing a big one with all their cable and television networks um that's coming out next year so uh, yeah you're not gonna win you're not gonna win you're gonna we're gonna be five dollared to death oh well that's where we get to subscriptions of the future oh well oh well uh let's see what else uh, what else we got going on here um in the news what there's literally not that many in here. So, <laughs> oh, the Stitch Fix for gadgets thing. I, uh, ugh, am I hearing some dissatisfaction? I, I saw this. I, it, again, it's one of those headlines. It seems like it could be an Onion article. Like, okay, here's the here's the thing with Stitch Fix. Here's the thing. Like, clothes. You you don't always need new clothes, but you could. It's it's possible that you there you there's some article of clothing that you're in need of. Sure. And and if you got a shirt that you really like, there's probably a shirt that's you know run its course and you can put in like a textile donation. Sure. Uh, if you like it that much, that's the benefit of those kinds of services. It's a way of like cycling things out. I haven't read into this what this tech pack thing is, but if it literally is Stitch Fix for gadgets. For mm-hmm. tech stuff, I don't. It's not like I'm sitting here. I'm like, hmm. 
wow, this Wi-Fi router is really nice. Let me go through all this rigmarole. Because it's not just replacing the Wi-Fi router, right? There's a bunch of stuff you got to do. You got to deal with all your settings that are on it. You got to turn the internet off. And that's perhaps an extreme example. But that applies to more things than you think. Any sort of Roku thing is not like, oh, great, I have a Roku... Four and now here's a Roku 4K, but I don't have a 4K TV. It's like you know, <laughs> I'm not gonna swap that out. Or like Bluetooth headphones. Oh god, what a pain in the ass it would be to have multiple pairs of Bluetooth headphones. They can barely stand having one pair that doesn't work with uh, the Apple. What's it called? Smart Bluetooth thing. Whatever that thing's yes. called. Smart so Bluetooth I, thing. That, that's why I think this is a stupid idea because unlike clothes, you can't just rotate out your gadgets. And they do pile up and cause a lot of clutter, and there's a lot of them that you'd never use. Unlike clothes, you get a shirt, you can just wear the shirt. Like, you like the shirt, you can wear it. You'll wear shirts. Uh, Here, I see drone. Like, if I got a, a mini drone, I'd use it one time, and maybe two times, and then it would just sit there. I do know a lot of people with clothes that have piled up and not gotten used as well, to be fair. Dan, let, let me let me break down how this works and see if maybe you change your mind at all. Okay. Verizon uh, is currently testing a, a box service like you described. It's called Tech Pack. Um, only available, very limited. They're just testing it out. Um, when you sign up, you take a short quiz about what kind of things you like, and Verizon uses that information to choose what gadgets it'll send you. It will mail out a box of three tech products every so often. They're not saying every month. It's just sort of sporadically. Um, and you can keep or return as many as you'd like. If you don't return a product within 14 days, you will be charged for it. Now, Verizon says customers can expect to receive gadgets like a Google Home Mini, a Mophie battery pack, Canary's Flex camera, LG's Tone Pro neck buds, Rise's Tello Mini drone, and a Belkin car charger. You won't know what you're getting until the box arrived. Um, once you receive them, Verizon says you'll get free demos, tutorial, and tech support while you try them out. Um, the boxes include a prepaid shipping label for return. There's no subscription fee to sign up. Um, Verizon uh, wouldn't say the exact prices they'll be charging for the gadgets, but a spokesman indicated they would be similar to what Verizon already sells them for, and you get discounts based on how many you keep from each box. So if you say keep all three items, you get a discount versus keeping one item. Um, a discount on what? The price of the gadgets. So you oh, kind of get like a bulk. I, I think uh, Stitch Fix is the same way. If you keep every item in the box, you get like 25% off or something like that. Um, yeah, so that's, that's how it works. I'm intrigued i'm intrigued i again i I, what's intriguing to me here is that there's no fee so i can just get this crap in my home and play for it for for two weeks i'll just play for drone for two weeks and even if i even if i keep 10 percent of the things they send me it doesn't cost me anything now can't you can open it up like open the box and absolutely they want you to try them out that is totally the idea so it's, you know, it's like I probably wouldn't use most of this stuff, but even, you know, even like a battery pack, it's like if I really like it for some, if it's got some great feature, then, you know, I, I might keep it. I agree with you if it was like necessary pieces of technology in my house, you know, I, I wouldn't want like an inkjet printer, but I think just kind of like <laughs> dumb little, dumb little, especially like smart home stuff, if I could just try it out for two weeks and send it back with no with no fee or penalty yeah i think that that that's intriguing to me just as a fun thing to do i agree with you nobody needs this all right well you report back once you sign up for the tech pack i would love to get in on it i would let us know i would definitely uh it says it's sold out but i'll give them i'll give them my email address right now and see uh see if they'll let me uh give it a shot i think it'd be great for the show It'd really help my picks. <laughs> yeah, it would. That's for sure. Yeah. So I don't know why Verizon's doing it. I don't know what they really get out of it, but I guess it's neat. This has to be like some gimmick to gimmick to collect our data, isn't it? Do you know I'm really suspicious it's of that? Verizon, now? probably. Do you, do you know I'm, like, so suspicious to do anything online because I think everybody's just trying to get my data? It's uh, awful. I'm not surprised. Like, almost everyone is trying to get all your data. I, I know, but that it's like, now I know I'm the man who knows too much. Now I know how things work. 
Do you use Gmail, Sean? I know. I do. Okay, I was just curious. I need to. I have run my own email server, and it it's really broken, and I need to fix it. And my plan, (laughs) my plan a year ago when I knew it was broken and I needed to fix it was to use Gmail. But now a year into that, it's not looking like such a good plan. Well, you gotta do something. Yeah. Well, uh, the good news is I bought a new domain name today and continuing to procrastinate actually fixing that uh, so that I can also change my email address while fixing the email server. Because you always want to be changing multiple things at the same time when you're right. doing Right. Well, you just right. kind of get it all you out of the way. Add and... as many variables as possible. Well, yeah, just keep it complicated. That's what they say. <laughs> keep it complicated. Keep it complicated. Complicated with a K. That's, yes, exactly. Our slogan. <laughs> um, all right, Dan. What else? Uh, what else is happening in tech this okay. week? I think it's time to talk about Amazon and your uh, X-rated headline. Yeah, uh, Amazon pulls out. I don't think I'm the first to uh, to come up with that one. Uh, no, Dan. We're getting the story about what two and a half weeks late, but that's okay. It still counts. Uh, Amazon canceled plans to build a second headquarters in New York City following pushback from residents and local lawmakers who were concerned about what the influx of high-scale, high-paying jobs would do to an area that's already facing fast gentrification. Uh, Amazon wrote in a statement, quote, after much thought and deliberation, we've decided not to move forward with our plans to build a headquarters for Amazon in Long Island City, Queens. Uh, They said it's canceling plans because a number of state and local politicians have made it clear that they oppose our presence. Um, They do not plan to search for another HQ2 location. Uh, but we'll move forward with existing plans to open major campuses in Northern Virginia and Nashville. Um, and it will also continue expanding uh, its existing presence in New York through other boroughs. Um, part of the backlash from locals was the major concessions that New York agreed to give to Amazon, including up to $1.5 billion in incentives uh, in exchange for creating uh, 25,000 jobs. Um, Amazon had promised $2.5 billion in investment. Um yeah, you're a uh, you're a New Yorker. Yeah, Dan, how do you, I know you don't live in Queens, but how do you uh, how do you feel about about this story? Yeah, so I've thought about and talked to a lot of people about with about this. Yep, that's not the right, that's not a good sentence. <laughs> you get the idea. Um, one, New York is in a like in a true free market. New York would be in a really good bargaining position here. They'd be able to drive a hard bargain because yep. New York has a really large talent pool uh, and a really skilled talent pool for the kinds of things that they want. So that's number one. So then that's why it feels really odd that they that we're giving them all this money to come here. Because a lot of other companies come here just because it's the smartest thing to do. Uh but, like, okay, I understand. You want to... I'm, I'm not opposed to incentivizing companies to come to New York or to come to any place. But, like, nominally, as a, a, a resident and a taxpayer, I have choices. We have, like, you know... Uh, the budget is put together and is spent on things. It's spent on repairing roads. It's spent on homeless programs. And far too little is spent on fixing the subway, which is not New York City's fault. Um, And I'm fine. So I'm fine giving companies money, but it should not be in the form of tax breaks. We should just literally give them money Mm. and put it in the budget so that people can look at it and be like, okay, what would we do? We want to be giving like how much money was was it for Amazon? It was up to one and a half billion in total incentives. Yeah. Do you want to be giving Amazon one and a half billion dollars, or would you rather see that money go to fix the the six train? And then, like, that becomes a much more straightforward case that you have to make to your constituents. Like, if you can see if you can see those numbers side by side and realize that tax breaks are just negative numbers that go into the budget, they're just negative budget numbers and you might as well make that negative budget number a real budget item and just give them the money 
over the course of whatever time. And then here's the uh, the other problem with this is like we uh, I'm sure that what Amazon will do because it's like those incentives come over the next five years, right? And then sure. afterwards, there are no more incentives. So, what's to stop Amazon from uh, selling the building, recouping <coughs> their costs, doing it all over again, open up another bidding process, get yourself another five years of incentive somewhere else? And they get it. They would yep. get it. And I think they know that, and, I, and I'm pretty sure that's what they're going to do. And they're going to, like, rotate. They'll be moving HQs. One of these four headquarters will be moving every year. They'll constantly be moving them. So why you're in New York? You don't have to be a part of that. It's not worth it to to deal with all the political fallout and all the loss of revenue for that. And as a tech worker in New York, it's like, well, first of all, I was never going to work at Amazon to begin with because it sounds horrible. Yeah. So I'm not sad that I won't be getting a job there. Although I could still get a job there because they still have offices in New York. Oh sure, a lot of people. Surprise, surprise. But I also don't feel I don't feel like looking at like me in San Francisco as like New York's only real competition as far as a, a tech marketplace goes. That I'm like, man, I wish that it was more competitive in New York and I got paid more. It's like, no, but the salaries are pretty competitive, and it's, it still costs more to live in San Francisco. And it sucks way more, so uh, I'm fine. Those are my thoughts. Okay. I, th- I think I think that's fair. Put it on the ballot. I... Do we want to give Amazon a couple billion dollars? It should be a no-brainer. It should be obvious to everyone if it's really a good deal. But it's not a good deal. It's, I think for some companies it would be a good deal, but for Amazon specifically, you look at that and you're like, no, 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 no. You're gonna, yeah, you're either gonna extort us for more money later on and be like, well, we could go to Chattanooga, or it's like, yeah. Well, I mean, how many small and medium-sized businesses could you support with one and a half billion dollars? You know, yeah. who, who aren't named Amazon? Yeah, and. If you could make the subways, like if you get people to work X percent faster or more reliably, that's real economic value. Yep. No, I I think, you know, I, I agree with pretty much all your points. I think from the New York City perspective, I think it's almost a lose-lose. You know, I think it almost would have been better if they hadn't been chosen by Amazon at all. Um, simply because, you know, if Amazon comes there, they're going to get crap for all the money they gave away, quote unquote. Um, and you know, if they kick Amazon out, then they get crap for not, you know, it's, it's a lose lose, no matter how you slice it. I think for Amazon, it's just, it's, we talked about this with the big, uh, Foxconn in Wisconsin, where they gave them like $7 billion or whatever in incentives where these companies just hold too much power over these, uh, local and state governments because they just come in promising jobs and they can get these these politicians and and these these cities to offer the world simply by saying we'll create jobs here without thinking about the larger picture or the ramifications of what they're doing and I do think in a lot of cases it does make sense to incentivize you know to offer tax breaks to to certain businesses I think that's a fine practice in theory but when you look at a company like Amazon or or some of these other big tech companies i just think it it doesn't make as much sense um you know i think in in a in a perhaps a better world it would make sense for amazon to pick a small city somewhere and turn it into something incredible not that there's anything wrong with new york city but at the same time i think you use that power to take a small town in indiana somewhere and encourage people to move there rather than going to where the people already are to me, that's a more intriguing opportunity and something, let's say, the state of Indiana wanted to invest in. You're actually building something um, that isn't already existing. That's money well spent. Rather than creating jobs, like you said, that Amazon's already in New York City. Um, there are other tech companies already in New York City. I, I think that money could be spent in in different ways. So, you know, I don't think this is a, certainly a death blow to New York City. I will say, I, I do agree with people that, 
if you're a tech company looking to open a big office and are looking for tax breaks, you're not going to look in New York City anymore. I mean, I think I think that is there are they're going to be in a difficult negotiating position moving forward. Should any company want to come in and and get New York City in the quote unquote bidding process for 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 jobs, I I think that this this is this this is a blow perhaps unfairly to to the reputation of the city and its ability to um, what it can offer companies coming in from a financial perspective, which I don't think is fair, but unfortunately I do think that's a, a big uh, side effect. Yeah, I, I'm, I don't know. I'm not an expert on this. I'm curious how much that's ha- that happens. How often are these tax breaks given out? I don't know. I mean, I know, I just, I mean, I live in a, not a, the smallest town in the world. I live in a somewhat small town. I was just reading the, my town just gave a tax break to a company to build an, uh, a bigger factory here in town. And they gave them tax breaks of a couple hundred thousand dollars over the next few years. So I, I think towns do it, you know, of all sizes everywhere. It's just a matter of mm-hmm. the scale and to whom they give it to. This is a small business that started with one employee here in the town and now employs a couple dozen people manufacturing here in the town. And that's why they wanted to do it, to keep them in the town. Um, and not lose a couple dozen jobs. So I, you know, I, I get that in that respect. But it's it's an easy way for the local government to um, to to support business. Um, you know, and to them, it's that's kind of. And this is the part I don't fully understand is the math of it because it's the theory that because it's tax revenue, if the business leaves or isn't there, they're not getting the money anyway. So they're really just giving up money that wouldn't have existed in the first place. So they're not really giving up anything, but then again, they are. So it's it's very complicated. Government, man. I don't... Crazy. Yeah. It's crazy stuff. Yeah. Well, I'm not too broken up about it. No, I think New York City will be just fine. Yeah. And, and yeah, like I said, the Virginia still gave about $700 million and breaks to Amazon to build an office there. So they're getting something think, out of it. Yeah, and I think Amazon will be just fine, too. Well, what is it? They made, did $12 billion in profits last year, paid $0 in taxes. So, Mm-mm-mm. you know, they're going to be okay. They're yeah. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, all right, Dan. Very good. Picks? I really, I just have to take two seconds to talk about foldable phones. Oh, we, crap. Yeah, we skipped. I, I forgot that that was the whole big story. Recently. I know. but And the only reason, I know that there's not a lot there, but we finally have foldable phones you can actually plunk down money and buy. Like with okay. dates and prices. Um, and I will very quickly go through. There were two of them that were announced. Um, Samsung's uh, the Galaxy Fold, 4.6 inches, opens up to a 7.3 inch display tablet. Um, in tablet mode, the device can handle up to three windows at a time for multitasking. Um, let's see, uh, it will come with 12 gigabytes of RAM, 512 gigabytes of memory, and two batteries, uh, six cameras, a fingerprint sensor on the side. Um, it's uh, $1,980 coming out on April 26th. We also had announced Huawei's Mate X, um, slightly thinner than Samsung's, 8-inch uh, wraparound OLED display, a folded thickness of a mere 11 millimeters, um, 5G. F- uh, uh, let's see. It's when the device is folded, you essentially have a dual-screen phone with a second display on the rear, so you can shoot selfies and things like that. Uh, but when you open it up, uh, it's uh, it's almost square. And this will be available. Let me see if I can get the date and price on this. It's a very long article, so I'm going to keep scrolling. Uh, it is pricing it at 2,299 euros, um, and it is releasing it in the middle of this year. No specific date, but they did say the middle of this year. I think the Huawei one looks a lot better than the Samsung one. In in my opinion, I think the Samsung one looks a little too chunky. I think the the Huawei one looks a little bit more like yeah, a, like an actual uh, phone. That one does look. It looks kind of cool. I'm curious how it is to use in practice, like actually holding it. When would you fold it in and fold it out? 
what apps really take good uh, support well, of that? How good is Android in yeah in doing that? <laughs> That's that that seems like neither here nor there almost. Yeah. That's you know that's not going to be good. Well, I, you know Google. I don't know if it's in the current version of Android or in the next one, but they specifically said they're building out the OS to work on flexible screen size devices like these. They're they're intentionally putting resources into doing it. Now, again, how well that works, I don't know, but they they are planning to to do it. Can I be honest with you, Dan? Yeah, I kind of want this Huawei phone. I I don't blame you. It's sexy. This is a sexy phone, man. Mean? Like this is it's kind of like, and I know for a fact I've said on the show that foldable phones are stupid. <laughs> I think I remember you saying that. And I kind of want this one because it's like, it actually looks good. It doesn't seem it's I mean it's thick, but it doesn't seem crazy thick. And it's like the future. It's so cool. Like I, sometimes you want a phone, and sometimes you want a, uh, a tablet. And this phone is both. I don't know. I this. I really. I don't think the Samsung one is very attractive. But I saw Swallow one, and I'm like, ooh, that's neat. It's definitely the better one. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm with you. I don't know what I would do on it that I can't do on my regular phone. I could see like I am on the subway and maybe I could fold it out into the tab- tablet <clears throat> uh, configuration to read. But I-, I don't feel like super limited by reading on on my phone. So like when I use a tablet, I'm lounging like I- I'm not right. using a tablet on the go. Right. And maybe there are some people that they would like to use a tablet at work, and that's not really doesn't really work for me. So I don't know. I, I would love to see you take the foldable phone challenge. I the problem is it's <laughs> very expensive. That's really the issue. Uh, you know, if it weren't, uh, I don't even know what th- that is in uh, dollars. I said it in euros. Uh, yeah, it's two thousand six hundred dollars. I mean, that's. That's a lot for a challenge. Yeah. But um, but this is one of those things, and you see it in, you know, this is it's the first pass of this kind of technology, and, you know, in a couple of years, who knows? Apple just pat- patented their version of this, so who knows? It could be coming mm-hmm. in the next couple of years. Could be the thing. Could be. I would, I would definitely be very excited for that. Anyway, I just want to make sure we got to that before we ran out of time. Because I'm excited. I I think you should I think you should take one for the team oh, and no. take the challenge. Maybe, take maybe the challenge. Maybe Sean. they'll put one in my Verizon tech pack. Who knows? <laughs> Try that out for two weeks. Uh, or just do the Sean Jennings tech pack, which is I buy it and then return it after two weeks. Um, I'm sure they'd give me my money back. Um, all right, Dan, uh, let's head out to Picks Land before we head out for the evening. Uh, Picks, the part of the show where each of us brings something we want to share with the world. Uh, and you can go first. What do you got for us here? Okay, so I was talking at the beginning, at the top of the show, about deck building games. And if you're curious about that genre, there's a pretty sweet uh, mobile, mobile app, uh, Meteor Fall. Uh, it's on both iOS and on Android. And it's one of these deck-building games where you start the game with the same deck every time, and you fight these monsters. It's very simple, like swipe right, swipe left sort of interface. Either play the card or pass. And uh, as you beat monsters, you get the opportunity to pick up more cards or remove cards from your deck and reshape it and refine it and try to go as far as you can. Uh, easy to play one-handed. doesn't require a cell phone connection so it's one of those perfect subway games for me uh i I don't know how much it costs it probably says on here somewhere yeah uh it's available on the uh apple app store and on android it's 3.99 yeah yeah great value i'm definitely gonna give this a shot you know dan i never play mobile games Almost uh, virtually never you just play that one golf one or the no the the uh the pool one Oh, I got bored with that. I, I also get bored with games very quickly. But I will say, Dan, a game you recommended to me is one of the few that I can say I've played for quite a while. Which one was that? And that's Card Crawl. 
Oh yeah, it's still on here. Which which I which I've really enjoyed. So I I'm gonna give this one a shot because I you are the tastemaker. Aha. So I'm gonna give it a meteor fall, uh, available on your mobile device. So I'll I'll give it a shot. This looks fun. Cool. Let me know how it goes. I will. I will. Uh, I've got a a much simpler pick, as I mentioned. Uh, did I mention this part on the show? I was very sick last week. I had a fever. I kind of just moved between my bed and the couch for several days. Um, and not a good time to be watching television you have to really focus on. I learned, which was really neat, that on Amazon Prime, they've uploaded a bunch of vintage game shows. Now, I huh? love game shows. Dan, you like board games. I like game shows. And f- right. why they did this, I don't this know. Is like Twitch? Like, what are you talking about? No, so literally, there are <laughs> dozens and dozens of episodes of classic game shows, like some of my favorites, including Card Sharks, Press Your Luck, uh, Super Password, and my all-time favorite, Supermarket Sweep. They have full, and these are full-length, no commercial, but like original quality episodes and they're great because they're like 80s 90s everyone looks ridiculous the games are fun and they're also in order so you can sit and go they're each like 20 minutes each and you just go through and you can see the players as they play and they win money as they go through and you know press your luck stop you know it's great and you you, you kind of cheer along and you shout at the tv during supermarket sweep oh my god you got to get the big ham and you throw it in the cart it's great so if you're ever like just looking for something stupid to watch to kill some time um now can you can you describe to me the premise of supermarket sweep real quick <laughs> i've seen a lot of them dan i sure can supermarket okay. sweep uh was it aired uh late 90s early 2000s um hosted by dave ruprick uh, and the it took place in a supermarket. It was actually a soundstage they made look like a supermarket. But the first, did you learn that from the Wikipedia article? I did. I did. <laughs> uh, the idea is that the first part of the show is a trivia challenge, and it's three teams of two that compete in in supermarket product based trivia questions. So it might be like a word scramble, and he'll give you clues, and you go juicy juice and like it'll unscramble and it's juicy juice it's all questions about supermarket products mm-hmm. in that first round you earn time you earn seconds that go towards your sweep so then in the second half of the show one person from each team so the three teams use that time to then run around the supermarket and get as much dollar value stuff into the cart as possible and there's also some bonuses and some other stuff you get a sweep is usually two and a half three minutes give or take depending on how much you won in that first round Whichever team gets the most money in their cart then plays for five thousand dollars in the in the super sweep. And is it's, that it, just like it, it's good fun? Okay. Because and then they 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 literally have guys with cameras running around as they're running around the store and they narrate it and they go, oh, "Looks like Jenny's going for those big containers of olive oil. They're twenty two dollars a piece. Those will add up fast." And they kind of go, "It's it's really great. You got to check it out. Big fan of supermarket sweep." They don't make them like that anymore. I would be great on Supermarket Sweep. That's the other thing, too, is I think I'm great. I would be great on all these games. I just found out they're uh, bringing back Pressure Luck, which is one of my favorites of all time, which has no real skill. It's total luck. Um, now, my my perception is that game shows have kind of fallen out of favor for the reality show. Is that a misconception? Um, It did for a while. They are coming okay. back. They are oh, coming wow. back, especially the retro ones, and they're bringing back. They just uh, brought back Deal or No Deal again. That's back, um, and yeah, they're they're starting to revive a lot of the game shows. Oh, cool! Yeah, making a comeback. Exciting! Which times. I just learned today, Card Sharks is coming back as well. So Family Feud is still very popular. Um, a lot of great games. Actually, there's old Family Feuds on there. There's old Match Game, which is a great one. So anyway. I've talked enough. Amazon Prime, check it out. Uh, just search game shows, and you'll see a whole bunch of uh, vintage ones on there. They're a lot of fun. All right, Dan. That's it. We did it. We probably should have mentioned Colby's not here. I don't know if anyone didn't notice. Yeah. Like, wow, Colby's, Colby's really like he quiet. Said something just now. <laughs> Guys, I just thought of something to say about the phone, the foldable phone. Ooh, Colby, too late. Blew it. No, unfortunately, he wasn't feeling well this week, but he will be back next time. We promise. Um, I will. Uh, let's see. Before I talk about stuff about this show, let me just do a very minor plug um, for Up for Debate. Um, I mentioned that we have got uh, James Bond coming up later on, but 
Uh, this week, coming up later this week, we're doing an episode all about bank robberies, uh, which will be a lot of fun. Uh, Dan, would you like to hear about one of my favorite bank robbery schemes? Yes. Yeah, so we did some research. I don't know all the details about this one. It took place in China somewhat recently. A guy had a brilliant idea that he was going to steal money, use that money to buy lottery tickets, and when he won, use that money to then put it back so nobody knew he had stole it and then kept the remaining winnings. Put it back. Put what back? So, the so it's like he he's, so it's like he, yeah. So it's like he stole oh, twenty thousand. He won fifty thousand. Like so he getting put, a loan. Yeah. So he put back the twenty, kept the thirty, right? And you're like foolproof plan, right? How could that not work? <laughs> you know what's amazing, Dan? It did work. It worked flawlessly. No one knew. Wow. Then he got greedy. He won. He he did. He won the lottery with the money. Put it back. Nobody knew. He got greedy. He went for it a second time with more money, and he didn't win the lottery and got busted. Uh, that's got to be a very nerve-wracking uh, lottery drawing you're watching the, on the television. Oh, my God. Well, it's, I'm sure there's some math where it's like what amount of lottery tickets you have to buy to statistically be likely to win. I don't know what the minimum is, but I just couldn't believe it. the first time he tried it, he hit it. He got the, the, the winning ticket, got made money, and then figured, I should try that scheme again. That's just, that's just greedy. That's just greedy. Yeah. So we'll, we'll have a whole bunch of great stories of uh, interesting uh, bank robbery, bank heists over time. You can check that out at upfordebate.tv later this week or wherever you get podcasts. This show is don'tpanic.io. You can go to our website, get links to all the episodes, the audio, the video, and, of course, links to the pics will be there. You can check it out. Uh, you can also uh, subscribe to the show anywhere you get podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Stitcher, now on Spotify as well, and the video version on YouTube. And, of course, you can contact us at Don't Panic Show on Twitter and email us, don'tpanicshow at gmail.com. We will be back next week with Colby, feeling like a million bucks, talking more tech news, and having a great time. On behalf of Dan, I'm Sean. Thank you guys for being here. We appreciate it as always. And we will see you next time for more tech news and good time on another Don't Panic. This has been a Coffee and Beer production, executive produced by Dan Miller, Colby Rabideau, and Sean Jennings. To learn more, visit coffeeandbeer.tv.